This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome back to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk to you about what never meeting expectations does to our kids with ADHD and or autism, never being able to feel like they're succeeding. Because when you can't meet expectations, then you automatically feel like you're not being successful, right? Imagine if your boss at work has an assignment for you, and they have a very specific expectation for that assignment. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, you cannot meet that expectation. What does that feel like to you then? It feels like a failure, right? And so our kids with ADHD are constantly, constantly feeling like they're not meeting expectations. And why does this happen? Let's talk about that first. Why do our kids with ADHD struggle so much to meet expectations? Well, the bottom line is that the expectations are not appropriate for where that child is developmentally, emotionally, with skills. You know, I've talked many times on the podcast before about the fact that ADHD is a developmental disorder. So, That means that a child with ADHD is as much as 30% behind their same age peers. That means a kid who's nine years old by the date of their birth um, is really functioning more like a six-year-old, maybe seven. And so when we have expectations of a nine-year-old, but the functioning of a six-year-old, what happens to that child? They're trying and trying and trying but they can't meet the expectations of a nine-year-old because they're not there yet. And then what happens to the mental health, the emotional health, the psyche of our kids when they can't ever meet expectations? They feel like they can't succeed no matter what they do. It has massive consequences. And I can tell you this from firsthand experience. My son, who is a junior in high school, is really, really struggling with this right now. It has all kind of boiled over for him. Um, And to give you some background, so he has ADHD, autism level one, um, dysgraphia, severe executive functioning delays, and a gifted intelligence. So at school, teachers usually see how wicked smart he is and automatically assume that he can function at that wicked smart capability. But the problem is that his functioning in many, many ways is impaired. And so they have this expectation of a wicked smart kid and his functioning is somewhere way behind that. I mean, truly, it's way behind that. For example getting his homework written down, getting it 
home, initiating that task, getting it done, remembering to turn it in, he still, as an almost 17-year-old, cannot do any of that. He is functioning at, you know, probably kindergarten level with that. You know, there are kids in kindergarten who are more organized and capable of kind of planning these things out than he is at 11th grade. And that is kind of traumatic. I mean, let's really be real about it. For him at school, that's kind of a traumatic experience. Everyone around him is doing it. They're meeting expectations for the most part. Um, You know, his teachers and so forth have these really high expectations of him. He's in inclusion classes, which is special education mixed with some kind of average intelligence, um, regular ed kids. And he, you know, still struggles in those classes. At this point, he's now at the place of why try? Why bother? And I'll tell you that he didn't get that from us at home. We have always been very supportive of him um, for many years now since we knew about his diagnoses and really tried to understand not only his diagnoses, but him as well in the way that he his brain functions. And so he's getting this messaging at school because he has been this kid who has somewhat slipped through the cracks. He has an IEP. He um, is in special education program. But yet in the classroom, he still has these really high level of expectations placed on him. So teachers almost write off the IEP and the special ed inclusion and, and those needs because they just don't see them on the surface. They see signs of a kid who should, and there's that word that we should not be using, should function at a higher level. And so after a decade of that, he has decided, why should I bother why should I bother? No matter what I do, I'm not going to meet expectations. I'm not going to get good grades. I, you know, what? what's the point? That's where he is right now. What in the world is the point of school? And I'll tell you, it's really hard to explain to him the point of school. <laughs> because, and, and, you know, this is something that's really hard for parents to come to this conclusion anyway, you know, high school doesn't matter as much as everyone tells us that it does. Especially for kids who four-year college isn't right for, like my son. He will not be going to a traditional four-year program after high school. And so high school doesn't matter as much. And here's why our really smart kids realize that high school doesn't matter that much. Because what they're learning there does not apply to life. And that's the problem with our education system. And I'm not going to go off into that big rant in this episode, because that is not what I'm here to talk about today. But when you go to school, and you're learning, um, you know, how to solve absolute equations, and graph them, you feel like, huh, not sure I'm ever going to use this in my life. You go to school and you read a novel and you spend many, many hours tearing it apart, looking for hidden meanings. And then you think to yourself, huh, 
I'm probably not going to have to do this in my life outside of school, then you automatically start to think, what's the point, right? When what you're learning doesn't translate, or you're not shown that it translates to real life, you start to wonder why in the world you're struggling so hard to learn and to have the output to show that you've learned something that you're 99.99% sure you're never going to have to do again once you leave the halls of the high school. And so that's just an example of what can happen after years of not meeting expectations. Our kids will eventually give up. And wouldn't you? That's what I propose to you. Wouldn't you give up? Put yourself in your child's shoes for a minute. Think about how hard it is. Think about really trying and never getting there, never succeeding, never getting the A, never getting the praise from the teacher for a job well done, or the praise from your parent for a job well done. What happens to your mental health? What happens to your psyche? You give up, you quit trying because you feel like there's absolutely no point. And again, this also really translates into all of life. Now, I'm not just talking about school here. You know, if we as parents have these higher expectations, maybe age appropriate expectations, which aren't appropriate for our kids in the most, um, in many aspects, but if we have these age appropriate expectations all the time and our kids are never meeting them, even at home, even in life with us in the family, that takes a toll, a huge toll. We are talking about life-altering toll on our kids. Life-altering. Again, my son right now has completely given up. He has come to a point where he is very, very... Um, down. I would say he's probably pretty close to um, a clinical level of depression. And we are working with his therapist weekly and very close with that. And so, you know, I feel that we are certainly doing something um, to address it. But, you know, the real thing that could have kept it from happening in the first place was if everyone in his life understood him understood where he is, how his brain works, saw the challenges and the struggles, and adjusted to appropriate expectations for him. If he was able to succeed in school, at least some of the time over the last 10 years, I honestly don't feel like we would be where we are today. So now I have an almost 17-year-old who thinks that everything is pointless. That's scary. And our kids, you know, we don't see sort of this slow slippage into that place. It really kind of blindsides you. I have been very aware for a long time that he doesn't feel successful at school. 
my son has struggled with school avoidance since fourth grade. So, you know, there are days that he refuses to leave the house. There are days that um, he would get to school and then fake illness and, you know, beg to come home. And we've been dealing with this for years. And so it, we've been very aware that he didn't feel successful at at. Um, school, and yet there wasn't a lot that we've been able to do about that. And it's not for a lack of trying, let me tell you. I can't even count the number of IEP meetings, the thousands of emails I've had with teachers, the amount of time that I spend just trying to um, get the information about what work needs to be done and finding missing work and keeping him from failing classes, you know, that's monumental. But just the day to day of going, not doing really well, and feeling like there's no point of even trying anymore is it becomes toxic and it becomes traumatic. It's a traumatic experience. And that changes us. It changes our brains. It changes our mood. It changes our emotional fortitude, our will to keep going. Um, it shows a lack of resilience. It makes it really hard to really even learn resilience. All of this, all of these big, scary things that I'm talking about, all boil down to setting appropriate expectations. This is what happens to our kids when we don't understand them and we ask more of them than they can achieve. That's the bottom line. That's what we're talking about here. Um, and there are lots of red flags that can show you that adjustments need to be made. Um, big emotions, intense outbursts, consistent meltdowns, consistent refusal and oppositional behavior, those things are all signals that expectations are out of whack. Those are all signals that um, th they're behaviors that are telling you that something is wrong, something is off underneath. If my child has super big emotions, way out of scale of his age, that's telling me that something isn't quite right. The expectation is too high. Um, you know, the the maturity required, he might not have yet. Um, the understanding of the way his brain works or his experience isn't there. Um, you know, so think about these things. As we've talked about many times on the podcast in several different episodes, behavior is communication. So what is it communicating? Most of the time, it's communicating one of two things, or maybe three things. We're not understanding our kid, truly understanding them. The expectations are out of reach for our child, or there's a lack or a lagging skill. Fr poor frustration tolerance, time blindness, um, things like that, you know, the, the lagging skills that Ross Green lists for us to use to figure out why behaviors are happening and to address them. It, it all boils down to those three things. And we, as parents, have the power, at least in our homes and when our kids are with us, to 
do something about all three of those things. We can work to better understand who our kid is and really accept that and parent that kid that we have. We can work to um, be a detective, figure out what lagging skills there are and work on building those skills, help our kids develop better coping mechanisms for frustration, um, better planning and organization skills, time, you know, management, we can give them workarounds and tools to help them where those skills are lagging. And when we set the appropriate expectations, we really get where our kid is. And we are understanding them and honoring who they are then all of the behavior gets better and we don't then have a kid who's giving up. The kids who give up are the kids who somewhere in their life in some environment or with some person are just completely unable to meet expectations day after day and so they finally quit trying. And a, a really good sign of this is learned helplessness. You know, I would say that's kind of the intermediary um, behavior that you start to see before completely giving up. This um, learned helplessness is a little bit like, I can't succeed, so why bother? And you know, our kids, especially in school, if they're not able to meet those expectations at school, they are going to start to just kind of fake it. They'll go through the motions, but they're not really trying very hard. Because every time they try, it didn't work out. They didn't meet the expectation when they tried. They didn't get a B on the test. And so they figured, you know, I'll just go through the motions. I'm not completely saying I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not participating. There's going through the motions and, you know, kind of acting like, well, I just can't. That's learned helplessness. And that's a really good sign that you are on the downhill slope to what's the point of everything I give up on everything. Um, and I'll tell you, you know, we've really been working on supporting talents and interests in our home for a few years now. Um, my son was kind of very late to the game and figuring out what he was good at, what he liked to do, other than video games, which of course he's known that he loves them for many years. Um, but he started making digital music uh, about two and a half years ago. And we have really supported that we have purchased, you know, the technology and the tools, even a week ago, we got him an electronic drum kit, so that he could branch out and do more and more of the music. And, um, you know, I felt really good about that. I thought we were really doing well in in that area. We were really supporting his interests. We were, you know, getting him what he needed to keep working and keep active in that area of talent. And I come to find out a week ago, he lets me know that, well, you know, he's really given up on that too, because he put some of his music out on YouTube and nobody really listens to it. So why bother? And that, I have to say, was a really 
surprising and crushing blow for me because I felt like I was doing what I needed to do. But, you know, this, again, this not ever being able to meet expectations has started to permeate every aspect of his life, every aspect. Now, that expectation that he had, that he would drop a couple of audio tracks on YouTube and they would blow up and everybody would know who he was and want more of his music, wasn't realistic, of course. He doesn't yet understand that there's millions of people on YouTube and probably a billion um, videos out there now. And you have to do a lot of work in order to get people to find your stuff. Um, and so, you know, I've talked to him about that and have said, hey, let's work on that. I'll help you with that. Um, trying to get him back on the train. You know, he's just completely gotten off the train. He's sitting on the side of the tracks and saying he's done with everything. And so we're working to try to get him back into um, into things that he's at least interested in and talented with. And so, you know, that's when kind of that really red flag was flying for me when he said he had even given up on that. That was the sign that, oh my goodness, we're really in trouble. He's really, really in a dark place. And we have a lot of work to do to try to rescue him. I mean, that's how I feel right now, that we are trying to rescue him. Because when they give up on every single thing, it's bad. It's really bad. It's a bad place. And it's what happens when they cannot meet expectations for years, for, you know, all of time. And in his world, not meeting expectations at school for 10, 11 years is pretty much all of time, right? It's most of his life. He can't remember a lot before kindergarten. So, you know, for him, it's my whole entire life. I have tried and failed. So I give up. You know, you see that, right? You, you get that. And, and I totally get where he's coming from. And now, you know, I have this monumental mountain to climb in order to pull him back to a place where he feels like he, there is a purpose for him and he does have a way forward. Um, so, you know, this is what I really wanted to convey to you. You know, I'm not here. I didn't want to do this episode just to say, hey, my kid's depressed and he's given up and, you know, we're so sad. Woe is me. You know, I'm not here to complain or have a pity party or look for sympathy. I'm here to express to you guys, especially those of you with younger kids, that this inability to meet expectations, or I take that back, this um, life of expectations out of reach is going to be very detrimental to your child. It is something that needs to be addressed right away. You have to turn things around. And again, I tried so hard with the school, and I still try so hard to get his teachers to really understand him. And I just haven't been able to get there. And it's that double-edged sword of twice exceptionality, that high IQ on the outside, and all that invisible disability on the inside, you know? 
But, you know, there are so many ways that we need to really work hard to counter that. And one thing that I think that we really fell down on, I'll be honest with you, we, his parents, really fell down on making sure that he was feeling connected to others. You know, socially, high school is really hard. Add ADHD and especially autism, and the social aspect of high school is nearly impossible. He sees other kids happy. He sees other kids in relationships, you know, romantic relationships. He sees kids who seem to have a lot of friends. And he recognizes that he isn't that kid. And that has become, you know, just another aspect of not meeting expectations. It's his own expectation. He wants the things that other kids around him have as far as a social life, and he's not getting them yet. And so he feels like he's not meeting an expectation there either. And we should have been um, more helpful in really, you know, inviting friends over constantly, consistently. And we don't do that. We, you know, my husband and I both have chronic pain conditions. And so inviting people over and entertaining in that way, even his friends, um, it can seem very daunting to us. And so we really fell down in that aspect. We really kind of failed him in that way. And so now we are working extra hard to try to build that back up and to um, find ways for him to feel connections to others outside of the family. It's super important for our kids' mental health. It's not, again, it's not the, the quantity of friends. It's the quality of connection. Our kids everyone, everyone on this planet needs connection. That's what we need for mental health, for fulfillment, for joy. We need connection to others. And so that's, you know, another aspect of where our kids feel like they're failing is when they're not succeeding socially the way that their peers are. Our kids are very, very aware of what's happening around them. They're very aware of what the kids around them are doing, what kind of groups of friendships are there, what um, different relationships are there. Um, you know, if there's a kid who is really popular and everyone likes them and they, you know, are friends with everyone, but not your kid, they see that. I promise you, they see it, they feel it, and it feels bad. It feels like a failure. Our kids are interpreting all of these differences as failures. And we can tell them, hey, you know, someday you're going to have great friends. We can tell them, you know, your determination or your energy is going to really be a benefit to you later in life. That doesn't mean jack diddly to them today. That doesn't help them today. That feels like lip service to our kids. We have to show them now. They can succeed now. They have value now. They have a purpose now. There's meaning behind the day-to-day -day for them. And it's really hard for them to see it. It's really hard for us to make it really visible to them. But that's the crucial piece 
And this comes back to understanding who our kids truly are and parenting the child we have, which is the foundation of everything I teach parents of kids with ADHD and autism. You have to really, truly understand your child, the way their brain works, the way their emotions work, where they are today, even if it's three years behind their same age peers, and we have to honor that. And many of us accept it. We know it cognitively in our minds. We know where our kids are. We understand that their brain works differently, but we don't always honor it. And that's a real problem. So I want you to really think about the expectations that your child is under with you at home, at school, maybe in a club or a sport. I want you to really think about the expectations and how often your child meets expectations and how often they don't. Your child needs to succeed more than 50% of the time. Yes, that sounds impossible, right? When I said it, I thought, wow, I don't know if I could get my son there before, you know, he graduates from high school. I don't know if I can get him there during public education, but I'm sure as hell going to do everything I can to try, right? I'm going to do everything I can to support him, to give him the opportunities to succeed, um, to have therapy and, you know, work with this great therapist that I found to really work on um, you know, feeling like everything is pointless, thinking about the future, when he gets to choose what he's going to do with his time, what he wants to learn, what he wants to work on, because at that point, it won't feel nearly as pointless. Um, so really, consider the expectations that you have for your child, consider how often they're able to succeed Be sure that you're celebrating those successes. Make a big deal. Even if it's not a big deal for a nine-year-old to have a particular success, it's a big deal for your kid, then you celebrate it. You make a big deal out of it. Have a pizza party, you know, bake cookies, do something to make your child feel special and accomplished when they succeed at something, especially when it's super difficult for them. You know, if it's something that was just so hard for them, and they made it happen, by all means, make sure that they really feel that success. And really keep in mind how often your child is able to succeed and make sure that it's the majority of the time, more than 50%, because you're going to get down the road and you do not, let me tell you, you do not want your child to give up. You do not want your child to even say to you that they feel like they should give up. It's a really painful place to be for your child and for you. You know, I'm here to tell you, it's been a rough few weeks since school started back and my son said, I don't get the point of anything anymore. It's been really tough, but we're working through it. We're tackling it. We are making sure that he has some successes and that is 
so monumentally important. And I want you, the parents of younger kids, to really be thinking about this. Make sure that your child is having successes now. Don't wait until they're a teenager and they look back and they go, what in the world am I doing? Nothing ever works out. Then it it's not too late because it's never too late, but it feels really late in the game, let me tell you. And for those of you listening who have teenagers like I do, make sure that they are getting some success in some area of their life because that will keep them moving forward and it will keep them at least trying. And, and that's all we can hope for right now until our kids are able to really, you know, drive their own bus, so to speak, decide where they're going and what they're doing. Um, we have to make sure that we give them some opportunities to do that and some opportunities to succeed. Um, I have mentioned a few resources, and I will definitely have those on the show notes. You can go to parentingadhdandautism.com slash 067 for episode 67, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.